Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. This is Maria Liberati. What does food mean to you? Tell me in a recorded soundbite of 60 seconds or less, or a social media post of 50 words or less. Hashtag it, the Maria Liberati Show, and post on social media. If your soundbite or quotes are selected to be part of an upcoming segment, I'll send an autographed copy of my book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, to you as a special thanks. want to also remind you, don't forget to watch my hashtag Friday favorite cooking segments, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live. That's every Friday. We will be also giving away some delicious prizes that I know you're going to love along with my book. So don't forget to watch Facebook Live. That's my hashtag Friday favorites where I do recipes from uh, my podcast segments. Happy National Pasta Month. And I forgot to mention also in this continuing segments that we're doing in the month of October, October is, just to mention again, Italian Heritage and Italian Culture Month, but it also happens to be National Pasta Month, and there's also World Pasta Day and National Pasta Day. Pasta is a dish that nearly everyone loves because of its versatility. There's so many different shapes, such as rotini, rigatoni, ziti, tortellini, spaghetti, lasagna, and many more. The great thing about pasta, well, besides the taste, is that it can be served as a main dish or even as a side dish. Pasta brings families together because it it can be a shared meal. Sitting at the dinner table on Sunday, passing around a large dish of spaghetti and meatballs brings a smile to everyone's face. How about how excited you and your children get when you see some cheesy mac and cheese? Not only does pasta fill you up, it also has lots of nutrients to keep you healthy and energized, which is why marathon runners and athletes eat lots of it before a big run or game. With all of this being said, let's celebrate this extremely nutritious and tasty food throughout the month of October. Create your very own pasta shape. Make some homemade pasta from a basic pasta dough recipe and get creative. I do have a lot of different pasta recipes on my blog at marialiberati.com. Just search for pasta or in my books from the Basic Art of Italian Cooking book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays and Special Occasions, Second Edition, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, and the Basic Art of Italian Cooking Da Vinci Style. And on my blog, you can find lots of interesting different pastas. There's a pasta from Montepulciano, well, Tuscany. It's called Peachy Pasta, which is P-I-C-I, and you can find that and do an interesting pasta dish, authentic Tuscan pasta dish that way as well. Host a big pasta dinner. If you need help finding a recipe, just go to marialiberati.com and search out pasta and you'll find loads of pasta recipes. Don't forget to post all your pastabilities all this month, the month of October, on social media, hashtag the Maria Liberati Show, and you could win a copy of my book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. We'll be giving away a copy of my book. 
In my quest to live this simple but delicious life, I love to stay home and savor all the flavors in my kitchen when it's possible and take a mini day or a staycation, no stress, no bags to pack or planes to catch or dinner reservations to make. For me, a staycation treat is to spend a day enjoying simple pleasures. I don't always have the time for cooking a special dish for a family meal, but today's meal was a fresh tagliatelle pasta. And again, in honor of World Pasta Day and National Pasta Day and National Pasta Month, I wanted to share the recipe with you for fresh tagliatelle pasta. It's just three eggs and one and a half cups of flour. Place the flour on a wooden board, make a well in the center and add the eggs in one at a time. Knead the dough with the eggs for approximately 15 minutes till a smooth dough is formed. Divide the dough into pieces, then roll out into long pieces of dough and cut into tagliatelle pasta or use a pasta machine to cut. You're going to let the tagliatelle dry for a few hours before cooking and they're ready for a great pasta dish. There's nothing like fresh pasta. Um, Lorraine Rinaldi, who is an author, broadcaster, media personality, consultant, and she wrote this great book called Gravy Wars, which I know everybody's going to be really into if you haven't read it yet. And uh, it has an interesting subtitle, so I'm going to let you tell us about that. Lorraine, thanks for being here today. Maria, thank you so much. It's an honor to be a part of your show. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very impressed with all that you have done with reading. And I, I have to ask, and I, I don't want to jump over you. I'll tell you all about yes, Gravy Wars. Yes. But I, I was looking at your website and I said to myself, how does an Italian woman who cooks stay so darn thin? How did you manage to be a model and a, a professional chef? Just amazes well, me. Everybody asks me that. And the thing that I just... um. You know, I really learned, I think, to eat healthier living in Italy because, you know, you can actually eat like the really authentic artisan Italian foods. And a lot of times you actually lose weight while you're there. And it's all about eating in moderation, um, you know, because here everybody's into these gigantic portions and they're not into that there in Italy. It's just eating in moderation yeah. and also exercise even if it's just walking. So in Italy, like there's a lot of walking, you know, you're always walking to the stores, you know, to get your pasta and your cheese and your breads and, and every place, even if you walk in the city of Rome, you know, it's up and down hills and things like that. So walking out to your like little coffee bars and all, you're always, you're always in movement, always exercising. So I kind of took all that, um, from, living in Italy and and I know you know I have to exercise and uh but I you know I try to keep moving all the time try to do things like instead of elevators escalators take steps mm -hmm. um walk to think you know walk as much as I can and again it's just eating eating in moderation really and not eating but I I do I get that question all the time you know <laughs> people and also eating healthy so like in Italy at least in Abruzzo they're really into eating lots of vegetables and lots of fruits and things so most of my meals consist more of fruits and vegetables like salads and 
and my smaller portion will be like pasta and um you know pasta or rice or things like that so i i don't eat meat i really stay away from meat that's actually helped me to stay in shape i i could i don't know i don't know moderation um i i may have gone to school with her but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's I, difficult yeah it, it is difficult to eat in moderation i will tell you when you're in italy near you know a great pizza or a gelato oh my goodness so you know it is difficult to to do the moderation thing but you know when i was living there it's like okay well i can have this every day so you know i don't have to really worry that it's not going to be there so i i kind of kind of worked with it and i knew hey if i have it in moderation i could still stay in shape so it really is a mindset and it's amazing i have a, a another friend who frequents italy she grew up there and she uh -huh. said uh, that the pasta there is not as if you will, fattening or caloric because they don't have all the additives that we have here. And I, and I've heard, and maybe you can speak to this, that, that in order to, um, manufacturers there have to add certain ingredients to get it into the USA. We have too much crap in our stuff. I You're think. absolutely right. And you know, the weird thing about, I don't know if it's weird or strange is that they do not, there's some kind of a, of a law or something that says they don't have to list whatever those other ingredients you're speaking about. Mm -hmm. They, there's not like the law states that there are some things that they do not have to put on the package. So you will not see that on the package. And you're absolutely right. The other reason that it's actually easier to stay in shape when they when you're there and eat their food is you just said it. We here we have too much crap in our food, and that yeah. actually makes your your metabolism sluggish. Mm -hmm. So I am also I am really careful about processed stuff that I eat here. Yes, yes. Even like pasta and all, I try to make my own. It's not always possible because it takes a long time. So I don't always have that time, but. I try to make most of my own foods and I take stuff with me whenever I go anywhere, even if it's just for the day, I take a lot of stuff with me. I, unfortunately, I don't like to eat out a lot because, you know, I found that to be, you are, you are like right on the money when you're talking about the trash and the food. What, what that does, as I said, it slows down the metabolism. So in Italy, you're eating more genuine foods and it's mm -hmm. not doing that. So your metabolism is able to work faster and more efficiently. And that's really what the trick is to keeping your metabolism working also is not junking it up with all the stuff. And yeah, a lot of stuff you don't even know about here because you're right the stuff that they bring over here from Italy the manufacturers have to put ingredients in that we don't even know about but you're you're absolutely right yes it's a shame we all we're all walking around with a lot of sludge in our bodies that's what De it seems like definitely that is that is absolutely right we are we definitely are so. because you know we we grew up around food and like you say food is everything and it is an art form and and so um when i was putting together gravy wars i really intended to have strictly a cookbook because at the time, you know, I'm not a professionally trained chef. I, I describe myself as the cook next door. Uh -huh. And I wanted to just capture all the family recipes. Nothing was written down. I don't have to tell you or your audience that. We know yes. how that goes, right? Yes. And I really, I did start out, it was, I started this, I started the whole process, oh boy, 2000, the end of 2005. So 15 mm -hmm. years ago, 
it took me a year just to get recipes from my family. I'm just like, write it down. Okay, call me up and tell me what you're doing. I'll write it down, you know. And then, you know, handful of this, a pinch of that and everything else. So I put together this recipe book and then I was writing some stories that went along with the recipes because I thought some of the, you know, all, all the little anecdotes, uh, the things that we did and, you know, oh, well, this recipe came from Aunt Mary and she did this and that, blah, blah, blah. And it all started when, you know, there were so many stories around it. So I put together, it was a very small book. And mm-hmm. then a friend of mine who is a publisher read it and he said, kind of basically threw this manuscript back at me and said, you can do so much better. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I poured my heart into that. That took me over a year. And he said, yeah, but you have so many, you know, we knew each other from childhood. Right. And he said, you have so many good stories. Tell me the stories. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. The heck with the recipes. What I have in my my family recipes, they're not that, you know, unique or different or anything really, really fabulous. You know, you're not getting this any secret sauce. I was putting it all out there, you know? So I, um, I started to tell the story. So my book is more of a story about the culture, hence the subtitle, South Philly Foods, Feuds, and Attitudes with a Y. Because we all have this attitude, like our food is the best and everything we do is the best. And I got to tell you, Maria, I this book was finally finally released in 2009. And there's no shelf life on it. That's what I love about it. You know, it won't yes. go bad like, like some of the pasta in your cupboard. But it will. Um, I was so humbled when I put it out. I was introduced to so many wonderful people like yourself and chefs from all over of different persuasions, different backgrounds, you know, different... Um, niches of of the food they made and pastry chefs oh my gosh and I realized holy cow all those years growing up I thought that my family was you know just everything you know we had it going on I realized I look at my family and I'm like all right guys we are totally metagon we don't know what we're doing in the kitchen let's uh let's get school now I I kid I think uh, I have a bunch of good good cooks in my family and I'm I'm not too bad but uh, my palate's a little bit limited and um, I'll tell you, it was just a lot of fun, just the stories. And one thing that I love about putting together the stories is that people that I run into, they can relate to it. And they don't have to be Italian and they don't have to be from South Philly to say, oh, my gosh, that family interaction. That was us growing up. You know, I love that. It's the best compliment I could get. You know, yes. you, you nailed it. That was that was our experience. And and because there is so much about food and culture that that brings us together. And, you know, you probably heard the saying that music is the universal language. Mm-hmm. I also think there's something about food that's a universal language. And it doesn't matter what ethnic food it is. There is a universality. Well, look, we all have to eat, right? God, God made us attracted to food because it would keep us <laughs> sustained and living, right? So... <laughs> So we all have an attraction to it. We all appreciate it. And we all have definite tastes, likes and dislikes. And I think um, I think that kind of connects us as human beings. You know, when we talk about getting together and and communing and, you know, we what do we do? We break bread. Right. And and that really brings people together. So I like that as a universal language, if you will, more yes. than anything. And you've done a lot of traveling. You probably see that more than anybody. Yes, 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 I I have, but I did want to comment too. I get, I always, like, people are always mentioning your book to me. And, really? You know, we're talking about, yeah, I'd like, because I do like a lot of personal appearances at wine and food events. And, you know, they're always mentioning your book, especially because there's the big thing, especially in different oh. pockets, well, you know, in pockets of the USA, 
about the gravy and sauce thing. So <laughs> controversy, shall we say? Right. So they, I always hear about your book. So you're absolutely right. There is no shelf life. People are still, you know, are still talking about it. And, uh, and I think it's so entertaining. And yes, I love the way that you mix recipes with stories because that's actually what I did when I first came up with my book series because I was starting to put recipes together. It was sort of the same thing. And then it's like, well, you know, you think because you grow up doing a lot of that stuff because Italian families, we cook together mm -hmm. and you think it's just everybody does that. It's not a big deal. But I think the things that really make the recipe special, just like you said, are the stories that go with it. So I kind of did the same thing with my book series. I just have the stories from living in Italy that went with mm -hmm. each of my stories. It's the same thing. I think Italian food, just like you're saying, it connects you. It really does. It connects you to so many things. And there's such a connection there. And the stories are just as important as the recipes. You know, you kind of experience both together. You know, you're experiencing the recipe with this story also so um but well, yeah let's tell you the whole war thing you know uh and there, there is that whole gravy sauce thing you brought up and it's just so funny if you go on any social media and you pose that question you will it's it's a very fun some people get pretty adamant and, and pretty uh -huh. hostile but for the most part it's a nice little debate that we all have going back and forth but that's not the heart of gravy wars my book i address it right in the beginning yes uh, because you know we always hear is it sauce is it gravy uh -huh. and uh the real war though is who makes it best you know uh -huh. even within the family do you have that and is yes. it like that in italy right or, <laughs> You know, especially the matriarch of the family. I mean, yes. she has she has to get all the kudos, even if her cooking is a subpar, you know, yes. because she's the matriarch. And so my mother will always say, oh, well, that's really good. But, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, no, no, your, your scallopini is wonderful, but you don't yes. use mushrooms. You know, I put mushrooms in mine. Okay, whatever, Ma, you know. <laughs> Yes, that's so funny. They are Italians are competitive with food. I know, especially like on holidays, you know, when you get together and if there's a large family group and who's making what and everybody usually has something they have to some kind of either critique, you know, a lot of times they have to add in or every some whoever it is has to have the best sauce, you know, or uh, you just have to tell them they have the best sauce. So mm -hmm. you, know, you get it over with. But yeah. Yes, it is. It's really funny. And that's why I, I love the title of your book, too. It's fun. And it, and it lends that feeling to the whole Italian cooking experience. But you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> so do you have a favorite recipe in your book that you could share with us? Oh, wow. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to eat, and it is one of the simplest things, but I love it, is, um, is spaghetti aioia. Mm. Or olio. So I'm going to say. Oh yes. I'm going to say it uh, correctly. Yes. Uh, can, tell me, you know, you said you don't go to restaurants a lot, but I noticed, and maybe uh, some of the listeners can can uh, reply, you know, or yes. put a little note in the chat box there. But I noticed more and more, even the American bistros, they have taken over the past couple of years this um, nice shine to, um, you know, it can be any kind of vegetable in an 
aioli sauce. They don't uh, say io olio two words. It's aioli. Aioli, yes. Aioli, that's not a real word, is it? Right, no. Okay. It's All not. Right. No, they just kind of blended that olio, which is garlic, and olio together, and they call it aioli. Yes. Yeah, aioli sauce, A I O L I O or something. I'm like, no, yes, that's yes. So yeah, it's just if we could a little section of Lorraine's pet peeves. That doesn't. That's not real. Okay? No, I don't think it's an American real. menu. Yeah, I don't think it's real. But you know, sometimes things are used so much that it becomes. A, a recognized expression. So I'm not sure. For me, I would think that it probably was kind of blended together. So they call it aioli, but um, I can't be a hundred percent sure. But I call it alio a olio, just just like you said. Yeah. And you're right. It's like the most simplest dish. And I I could eat it seven days a week. You know, yes, lunch and dinner. I just love it with a lot of pecorino romano cheese. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just gonna say with the cheese on top. Oh my gosh, that's so so good. And my grandparents had this tradition that they took even when they moved to South Philly. So midnight on New Year's Eve, mm -hmm. they would make spaghetti alia aolio. They would I can I can still see them at the table with uh, my great aunt and uncle that lived next door to them. So they would all four of them be making up a pot of pasta. So they would do the spaghetti alio olio. And I found out in Italy, that's like a tradition in their town. It's, I don't know if it's supposed to bring you good luck or something. How about that on New Year's Eve? Is that right? Yes, at, at, at the stroke of 12. So they would get it ready, you know, so that at 12 o'clock they would be already, you know, they would be eating this. But uh, yes, that was that was a tradition. But yes, oh, that's such a, a delicious dish. And, you know, I think the most the simplest ones, the Italian, the simplest ones are really the best ones. Anyway. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's great. Thanks. Well, thanks let me for, ask you this. Yes. New Year's, isn't New Year's a big pork day? Isn't that supposed to be good luck? I mean, a lot well, of our traditions it, are born of okay, our superstitions. So so in Italy, they eat, um, well, lentil soup is a big thing because that brings you good luck too, but they do have um, something called cutacchino, which is yeah. a part of the pig with mm -hmm. lentil soup. Okay. If you want the pork, now me, I always tell them, no, I want it without. And they usually, what they do is anyway, um, Italy is a great place to be like if you're not really eating into eating meat or into eating meat either way because they don't make the stuff like when they do spaghetti and meatballs it's not spaghetti and meatballs together it's spaghetti mm -hmm. and then meatballs on the side so same thing when they do their lentil soup it's lentil soup and then this cutacchino or type of pork or ham they cook that separately so you're and then they'll serve the ham with the lentil soup on top of it but right. you're absolutely okay. right. And lentils are supposed to bring you good luck. Actually, they're supposed to bring you fortune and rich, you know, wealth and stuff like that. So you eat that on New Year's Day, usually. Okay, okay. Usually well, then there's my problem. I haven't had lentils in years. My mother's oh, still making There you go. So you have <laughs> eating lentils. And then usually you have, because, you know, Italians, right? We make tons of food, a lot more than is necessary. So you're usually having lentil soup for like almost the week after New Year's. 
absolutely. Because, yeah. but it's so good, and actually, as you know, it's be- it's even better as a leftover. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yes, that's a big thing. That's usually for New Year's Day, for New Year's Eve. It's uh, this this uh, spaghetti aglio olio. But okay. again, that's in the town, like in Abruzzo, where my grandparents were from, in a few of the towns around where they're from in Abruzzo. What, so, what town know. is that? Well, my grandfather was from a town called Taliacozzo, okay. which is in the mountains of Abruzzo. Abruzzo okay. is near the sea, in the, and Abruzzo, you have the mountains or you have the sea. The sea, mm-hmm. there's a town called Pescata that's pretty popular. Right. So, uh, but we're more from the mountains. That's where they had the winery, and I began okay. studying there. So, and in that my little grandfather pen- came from Teramo. Oh, Teramo. Yes, mm-hmm. I was there many times. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Tedemo. Uh-huh. Wow. So uh, from Tedemo is in Abruzzo also, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I know there's like a border. Yeah, that's that's in Abruzzo as well. Yes. So I've been there. I've been there driving through to, I'm not sure if uh, we stopped there going to Rome a few times, but yes, I've been to Tedemo. So um, oh, that's great. So anyway, well, um. So I know you shared your recipe with us. So do you have any um, Italian superstition or tradition that you find most interesting? <laughs> well, it's funny. It's it's almost habit. And I really like to say, you know, I, I still hold fast to my Catholic uh, faith. And yes. so to follow these superstitions would be... Uh, you know, uh, anti-Catholic. <laughs> However, if I don't, yes. I get superstitious because I'm not. So, you know, there's still salt going over the left shoulder. Yes. The devil in the ice in Easter. And <laughs> then um, the other day I caught myself putting sh- new shoes on the bed and I said, oh my gosh, took those right off. You know, yeah, unfortunately we still do some of those. Yes, there you go. They're, they're my super, they're probably the same things that I could tell you. I, uh, I know without even realizing it, right? I, yes. And, you know, you're really scared if you grew up with that shoe thing, you know, oh I, I can just, I still know if I, by mistake, put, you know, a new pair of shoes on the bed. It's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a terrible day. You know, you get so scared. My gosh, am I going to have such bad luck? So, so and, I, and the itchy palms, tell me the one, I know one hand, if you have itchy palms, one hand is, it means you're giving money. The other hand means you're receiving money. You know, we all know it means you have dry hands, but. Right. <laughs> I can't remember which is which is the left. I, palm thing. I know, I know the itchy palm thing is about, you're supposed to be getting money. I don't, I'm not sure though, which hand is which hand it's supposed to be. Okay, yeah. So I'll just, we'll just take it all as a we'll Just take it. Yeah. <laughs> the itchy palm thing. I do have to laugh at the superstitions though. Oh. But yeah. They, they do. Uh, you know, I still have pork. Uh, I don't know why my mother always said pork on, on New Year's day and Christmas Eve. I don't really do seven fish, but it has to be an odd number, you know, so I make oh, sure. Yes. And, what? and again, you know, sometimes it was like my son loves to cook and, and he'll bring a fish dish. And one time he said he was bringing two things. So I said, all right, then I need to make three or five other fish. He came with one and there I am. Oh God, open up a can of sardines or some tuna or something, put it out, just put it out. Crackers. <laughs> just Gotta have an odd it. number. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, in Italy, they really don't call it the Feast of the Seven Fishes. It's just called Vigilia. And they have only seafood, but um, it's just all seafood dishes on Christmas Eve. That's it. And then Christmas Day, it's usually a big lasagna with anything mm-hmm. and everything you can imagine. But 
Yeah, they don't call it like seven, you know, it's here, I guess they started the tradition of, you know, the, you know, counting the seven, but I think you're correct with the odd numbers. I notice a lot of people do that with the odd number, you know, odd number seafood dishes. So that's definitely a tradition. So Lorraine, I, I always ask all my guests this question, what does food mean to you? Wow, food to me is camaraderie, it's family, it's warmth. Um, you know, it is, it, it's just happy. It's, it's all good stuff. Thank you. And yes, you know, we talk about the healthiness. Yes. Being Italian. Yes. That all, you know, definitely makes sense. There's such a connection there. Do you have anything else you want to share with us? Like, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your website and all of that? Well, LorraineRinale.com. Um, Gravy Wars is is still out and about. It's in a few specialty shops in and around the Philadelphia area, uh, Toledo's, Antonella's, oh, Pagano's. Um, basically, if the shop has a, a vowel at the end of its name, it might they might have my book. But um, and of course, it's on Amazon. And uh, you know, I haven't done as many appearances about with Gravy Wars. Uh, most re- more recently, I've been doing a lot of public speaking in regards to marketing and business, which yes. you know that's that's my bread and butter, if you will. But, um, you see, it's always about the food, but I got to tell you, Maria, I don't know if, uh, if you've, I don't know if we follow each other on Facebook and I haven't put anything out about this in a while, but yes. I had written a play, the a stage show really that yes, you know, um, I wanted to ask you about that. I forgot. I did want to ask you about that. Cause I noticed when I went on your website today, I'm like, wow, this looks really interesting. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes. La Familia started as a series of vignettes that I wrote as soon as Gravy Wars was released in 2009. I started writing these vignettes and I have, I'm a pipe dreamer, you know, and I thought this would be funny. I could maybe pitch it one day as a pilot for a sitcom. Mm -hmm. And um, then I turned it into a promotion for the book. And there was a local theater. I'm in Delaware County outside of Philadelphia. And there was a, a small local community theater that I knew a few of the uh, people involved. And I said, hey, what do you think about running one of these vignettes? Well, they have the short play festival. So uh-huh. in 2009, that summer, they um, my first was Ajita. They, uh-huh. they ran Ajita as part of the short play festival. And it's basically slapstick humor. It's just uh-huh. really silly, old-fashioned humor based on an Ita- a fictional uh, Italian family, the Scamorzas, which they call themselves the Scamats. And yes. um, uh-huh. so I, uh, I, and then after that, I wrote, you know, I had a few other vignettes. They, they ran another one a few years after that. And then a few years after, I said, you know what, I want to put these together as a stage show. And mm-hmm. it'll just be, you know, individual acts. And I put together this trilogy, a three-act mm-hmm. play, if you will, based on the family. But, you know, none of the acts followed each other. They were just moments right. in time. Yes. And I got to tell you, well, the actors brought it to life better than I could ever have imagined. And this thing was a hoot and a holler. And we oh, packed wow. this little playhouse. We oh. overpacked it, sold out. And I have been trying since to pitch this play. And it's been, you talk about superstitions. Oh my goodness, real quick. It's been one thing after another. And I read a lot of business books and I read about people who, you know, just never gave up the, uh-huh. the 
know, they persevered, persevered, persevered. But I mean, the, the one after it ran in, two, in 2018 as a, a stage show, La Familia, I said, this is great. We're going to take this on the road. And I was pitching and pitching and pitching. Well, these theaters are really hard to break into. Oh, wow. Professional ones, you need representation. Yes. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's not my bag. I just wrote the thing. I'm not a producer. I'm not a director. Right. Well, the actors said, why don't we just do this ourselves? And and I was a little hesitant. I was more than a little hesitant. Uh-huh. And then I decided, okay, we'll try to do this. Somebody had approached me about doing it in a restaurant and uh-huh. making it a, um, you know, like oh, a dinner yeah, kind show. Kind of like those murder mysteries, but not a murder mystery. Well, yeah, it's like all flat thing. humor. Right. Well, it, it would have, it perfectly lends itself to a dinner theater um, mm-hmm. type of show. Right. And we had that set up and we had another hall set up for later in 2018. Uh-huh. Two of my, of the four leads dropped out and uh-huh. I said, oh my gosh, here I go. I'm trying to put together a show. I am not a producer. I am not a director uh-huh. and I am scraping the barrel looking for actors. Uh-huh. I don't, I'm not in that world. So I don't know it, you know? Yes. So we found a couple of replacements, not quite as, you know, as up to par, I should say. Mm-hmm. We started rehearsing and then our other lead lost her son. And I said, oh that, this is off. I know you want to talk about it. So I said, for some reason, yes. this isn't supposed to happen. I canceled it. Tickets were already being sold. Oh, and wow. I felt so bad because the restaurant was really looking forward to it. It was a unique oh, wow. And so we had to just, you know, refund all money and just get out of it. And, oh, uh, wow. Maybe it just wasn't the time. And so that's what I thought. And then something else happened a a year later. I tried again and a small theater in South Jersey wanted to run it. And then that went kaputs. Then a professional, um, let's see, what is this? Last January, it's not even a year ago, a professional theater reached out to me Uh and they were interested. He had seen my book and he said, boy, this would be funny, you know, a Uh fun play. And I said, it is a play. I already have it, you know, La Uh Familia. So we spoke and he said, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to read this in the spring. Uh And if he said, I'm, I'm pretty sure already I'm going to like it. And it, you know, if there's not too much work that needs to be done and and we Uh can do this, I'm going to bring you in, we're going to bring actors in and we're going to do a round table reading. And this was, this is how they do it. He said, but I already have to tell you, my 2021 season is booked. This would go 21-22. I said, fabulous. Let's do yeah. it. it. Blah, blah, blah. And then what happened? COVID hits. Uh, and when I reached back out to him in the spring. He uh, said, Lorraine, I, all I'm trying to do now is keep my, my doors open. Oh, keep wow. from losing my, 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 my property because oh, I, I, you know, everything in the theater world shut down. Yes, and everything yes. that supports the theater world shut down. Yes, so that's yes. where we are right now. But uh, I got to tell you, I have to believe that if I persist, this yes. will get off the ground because if um, I give up, I, you know. Yes, but I would weird. believe it would because you, there's a lot of, you know, you had a lot of positive things. You had negative things, but there was a lot of positivity throughout what you told me with people loving the show and yes. you know things sold out and this, that, and the other. So you had some positivity there. So, and, and that other guy was going to do it in the theater. Mm-hmm. It's just that COVID hit. So, you know, I, it's that, de- you know, definitely, I mean, you, you don't need me to tell you, but yes, you definitely have to run through with it, but you know, wait till this whole thing dies down, hopefully in 21 
and um, you'll be able to. But I know I, you know, I told you when we were talking earlier that I have a few like TV projects that mm-hmm. had to just go on hold now, and um, I'm sort of waiting to wait everything out too. So, but yeah, that definitely sounds like it's, you know, you just have to wait it out and just keep pursuing and don't give up. It sounds like you'll be able to, you know, definitely get it done. And and then once it's done, it's, you know, as big as uh, Jersey boys, then, uh, yes, yes. (laughs) Then I'll have a book to write about the process of this. I am making this doing Exactly. Exactly. Basically been more than 10 years. I've been, you know, on and off working on this, but really the last three or four very heavily, you know, trying to push this, this theater project, uh, this, I want to say stage show, you know, because it's just a little different. It's not a typical play, but it's fun. So thank you for the opportunity to put it out there because I feel like the more I do that, the more, you know, I have an opportunity to maybe reach somebody who has an idea or, you know, Yes. Great introduction or who knows what. You know? Yes. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned the 10 year process because I always have people asking me, you know, they think you just put a book together, you know, you have an <laughs> idea, you put it together and it's like out there in a couple of months. And it's the same thing. Like I have I, I have a book that I'm hopefully it'll be released in 21, but it's been about five or six years I've been trying yeah. to get it together. And my other books all took me at least three, four or five, they, they all take time. So I can believe, you know, the 10 years is definitely something that uh, for the, you know, getting this play out there, because now you not only wrote it, but you're trying to actually get it produced. So, but if you, you know, you know what, Lorraine, if you look in the hit, like stories of different, like really famous films, like Rocky, you know, you know, Rocky. Mm-hmm. So, oh, his you know how long it took them to get, yeah. you know, my family members used to tell me they would see uh, Sylvester Stallone filming little, little segments. This is be- before anybody even knew about the movie down wow. on 9th Street there in the Italian market before, you know, um, people even knew about it, I think before he even really sold the project. So it does take time, but it's probably going to be well worth it once you get that done. Yes, so, yeah. Well, thank much you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back again and much success with, with all that again, Lorraine. And um, I will definitely, this, this post, this uh, segment will be up shortly. So, I will uh, will be sending you the link also. And yeah, hopefully you can share it with your followers also. Oh, I certainly will. I appreciate it, Maria. And all the best to you with your 2021 ventures. You know, this is the time that we just have to look at our our 2020 vision for the next five and then the next 10 years and put it all together. Make it happen, right? Get it going and make it happen. You too. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lorraine. Take care. Take care. Thanks for joining us and listening to the Maria Liberati Show. If you want to show off your pasta style, take a picture of your homemade pasta. Hashtag the Maria Liberati Show. Post on social media. We'll be gathering pictures and posting on my website and giving away copies of my books for those that we select. We'll be gathering pictures and posting them. Thanks to my producer, Britton Roselle, and this week's guest, Lorraine Rinaldi 
of the Gravy Wars and my production intern, Alexandra Krenz. Go to my website, marialiberati.com, to keep up with my blog and the show and my book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. Don't forget to post your answer to the question, what does food mean to you in a recorded soundbite of 60 seconds or less, or a social media post of 50 words or less. Post with the hashtag, The Maria Liberati Show, on social media. If your answers are selected for an upcoming podcast segment, you'll receive an autographed copy of my book, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. I'd love to hear from my listeners and have you be part of my show. And don't forget to watch for my hashtag Friday favorites on Facebook on Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Facebook Live, where I do some short cooking segments of recipes from my podcast segments. Stay tuned because we'll be doing giveaways of delicious products I know you'll love on my Facebook Live. If you have any questions or ideas from upcoming segments, email me directly at maria at marialiberati.com. My Facebook Live page is at Chef Maria Liberati. My Twitter page is at Maria Liberati with a capital M. And Instagram is Maria Liberati. Peace, love, and pasta. Until next time.